0: Dirk Grubel, MXGP of Asia I guess you've got a freak of nature under your tent because had I told you that you'd get two GP wins out of Jeffrey Herlings on this trip then I guess you would have called me stupid and told me I was terrible at my job Well, we came here and to make, let's say,
1: damage control like uh, manage as less points as possible to give away but already last week he surprised everybody, even he looked a little bit sketchy the last couple laps, he was really exhausted and tired but can't blame him, didn't ride for nearly three weeks, and then coming back in such uh, difficult uh, conditions like Pangal, and uh, really winning there, that was awesome. And uh, yeah, this week, same thing, new track, nobody knew what, what to expect. Pretty hot here, pretty exhausting, we saw many riders fade away. And Second race, it looked it's, it's going to be a mix between him and Clemore because Clemore really wanted it. And, uh, and Jeffrey was not riding at his best. Like He, he had a little bit of a problem to find his rhythm, uh, it looked like. Yes. But still, end of the day, he managed again 1-1. <laughs> we cannot ask more. I mean, uh, now he extended his points lead. Of course, Tony got a bit hurt last week, unfortunately. But uh, still, Jeffrey did the best he could. And <laughs> nobody thought he comes back after, after that injury. is so good and still dominating. It's just amazing, that guy
0: going back to last week just how stressed were you watching the second race I know Wayne Ruben they were freaking out with a pit board so I'm guessing you were a bit uh, stressed as well well
1: he he said before I'm not going to push the limit because I'm not fit and uh, I shouldn't do it I can hurt more myself if I go down again or whatever and everybody agreed and yeah the plan was just to ride as smooth as possible and when it gets rough then let it go and just manage second or third or whatever but, yeah, I had some points. I mean, uh, when he made that unplanned whip, I call it uh, towards the pit lane. Uh, you know, everything could happen, and uh, he had his moments there. And then he went down, and Tony passed, and I was like, okay, now stress is over, all done. But then Tony crashed again, and it's all started over again, and uh, just crazy. But no, he managed really well his strength, and it's unbelievable how no he, how, how good he knows his body, and and he, yeah, when he sees a win, he's not going to let it go.
0: I guess it's tough because coming in from a race last week, I guess there was a part of you that kind of wanted to shout at him, telling him he was stupid, but then also you were stoked because you'd won a GP, but you also wanted to tell him that it was maybe the dumbest thing he'd ever done. Like, it must have just been a weird thing to manage.
1: Of course. First, you'd a bit angry, you know. I mean, you shouldn't be because he won a GP, but uh, on, the end, on the other hand, he went over his own limits. And, and yeah, shouldn't force luck. <laughs> he did already with the crash. Well. No, it's just amazing, and uh, what can you say? You cannot be angry on a guy who's winning. I mean, I'm I'm not telling you him you're stupid. You know, <laughs> of course not. No, it's he's just awesome, and how he can handle all the pain—he never complained one time, and it's unbelievable. No. Were
0: you a little more comfortable to let him do his own thing this weekend and decide whether he wanted to go for the win, set off a second? Did you just kind of leave him to his own devices?
1: Yeah, I mean, this week it was completely different strategy, of course. He knew if he has a good start, he's gonna go for the win, and he had two decent starts and went right away there. For it. And I mean, Tim pulled away a bit, but then uh, in the first race he got him back. And uh, yeah, his strategy doesn't work with Jeffrey because it's they're just contrary. Tim uh, pushed so hard the first 15 minutes, but Jeffrey pushed really hard the last 15 minutes, and that's where he gets him and, and he runs them down. And like all the other competition, no, he managed himself we try to assist him a bit with pit boards but yeah i mean in the end of the day he knows himself the best and he does the best out of it and we saw he's capable to win and it's just awesome to see
0: moving on from here is he going to be able to land in europe and just get at it flat out training every day or is he going to have to rest because i guess the collarbone must have been made sore or aggravated a little bit on this trip for sure it's sore and he's going back
1: now and probably going to have a checkup another one if if it's still everything in place everything uh, tight and good and consulting the doctor and taking it in from there and now nah, he knows he, there's no time for another screw-up.
0: And uh, moving on to the MX2 class obviously Paul's had I think Paul's had a good day obviously the results maybe don't show it but this was definitely better than it has been and there's been worse days this season.
1: Yes, definitely. I mean uh, he looked good yesterday already he was looked really good this morning you could see the attitude in him, and the first race went perfect. Second one, he went down, and uh, when I reviewed now, uh, when they ran over him, they really hit also the helmet. The one guy went straight over his helmet, and that, that like he had, a, yeah, I don't know, ring the bell a bit, let's say. But so he told me the first two laps he didn't feel that well, looking a bit <laughs> what to do, and then uh, like where the balance is and everything. And but once he got going, he rode really well. I, I'm, I'm really proud of him how he managed to come back. I mean, there's not that many ra- riders here, so of course it also was a bit easier. But on the other side, it was uh, big gaps he had to close, and but he managed well. and uh, His tying points now with Jorge, of course. It's not the best for, the, for him, but uh, for a championship it's just awesome, that's clear. But we will see. I mean, Paul is capable to do good things, you know. I mean, he's a hard worker and
0: I think the coming races also will work out for him it was actually a really busy day for you because even with Glenn he had the penalty and I saw you talking to the officials for quite a while what happened there and what's your view on it?
1: Uh, it was unfortunate I mean I really saw the crash from, from uh, Romain and he just went down and the same time uh, Gautier landed beside him and, and Clement and there was no yellow flag set up and, and then the first yellow flag appeared on the top of the table when Max took off but they go up the hill, they go down the hill on that on that roller before, so they see everything but not the, the yellow flag, of course. They see the sky, they see the ground, and then when they see the take-off, you see a yellow flag, but then it's too late. And Glenn was just in his rear wheel, and same thing for him. You can't blame the boys. I mean, nobody is jumping under, like, with intention under a yellow flag, for sure not. But on the other side, FIM they need to execute the rules at the point you know of course it's always dangerous if somebody is a herd rider on the on the track or whatever but yeah i don't know maybe it was a bit harsh they should a warning would have helped maybe since these these guys are not really the rascals out there who, who mix up the whole field every week you know they have one incident a year let's say and that was it so yeah they felt a bit disappointed because the the, the penalty is really high i mean 10 positions back in these circumstances is is a nightmare for both of them and uh, everybody really rides hard and (laughs) it's demanding in that heat and stuff and
0: yeah it's just it's double hard on you you know we obviously know that Glenn's going to be moving on next year now does that do we kind of take that as confirmation that Paul's is moving up or is that still up in the air
1: he's most likely moving up I mean beginning of the year already he said uh, next year I'm going to go MXGP and I think that plan you're going to stick to, and no matter what happens.
0: Do you need to find another MX2 rider then? I guess you'll have the same structure as this year, but uh, it's still open. I mean, we always had MX2 rider.
1: Uh, this year is the first year we we split it up between the two of the teams, and because but Horge does good over there, and he feels comfortable, and it was the right thing to do for him. But yeah, I mean, at the moment I'm I'm looking also who I could take. To be honest, you know, it's not that easy, and yeah. If a, if a name pops up what you say okay it could be top 5 finisher maybe there's a possibility but at the moment it's too
0: early to say yeah. I guess it's tough as well because with the age rule you obviously want to work with a guy you could pick up someone like Darian Sinai for instance yes. who would come in for a year do yeah. really well but then he'd be off again you kind of want to yeah. build someone up and go on a journey with them I guess
1: yeah you want somebody who's at least like 2-3 seasons with you it's like, with Darian, I really like his riding style I like his like the, how the guy is and his whole mentality and everything. Very nice guy. I would like to work with him, but it makes no sense for us for for one year. And then uh, you, we have the same problem. We have too many CP riders, you know. I mean that that's clear. But yeah, it comes with the age rule. Can't force it. For some guys, it would be better if they could stay longer. Of course, it's not everybody like Jeffrey Hellings or Roxon or yeah, you name it. Tim moved on early, and it's not everybody like that. So. Some guys say it's just made for that little bike. And uh, yeah, at the same time, you also need to make space for the upcoming riders. If they block it, you know, it's a give and a take a bit.
0: <laughs> and uh, finally, I guess we've got a lot to talk about. The calendar was released last week. Uh, looking at it all, what are your first thoughts? Is there anything that stands out? It's gonna to be
1: tough. I mean, you know, we we spend really a lot of time already in the airplane and in the airports and traveling uh, takes its toll also on the mechanics and always going back to base just refresh stuff and play out again and yeah it's it's difficult it's not getting easier if you have six overseas gps plus turkey plus russia has also a high price tag and uh, yeah i mean even for us as a factory team uh, it's getting difficult a little bit you know for financial side because this, this travel is, is expensive you know
0: one thing that stood out for me is in between the two china rounds it's actually a 10-day gap because the second one's on a Wednesday yes. and already I'm thinking like obviously the riders are going to want to go back in that time because there's just amount enough time but then obviously that's going to be tough on everyone because what do you do yeah that's that's a tough call I mean at home is always some work
1: to do and of course maybe if you can take two three days off over there it's also nice but it's it's the same thing I mean you spend another 15 hours this way or 12 hours back and forth back and forth and it's a lot of hours in the airplane and it takes it all with with all time differences, and you get jet lagged and stuff. And sometimes it's better. Some of the stuff stays there and takes two, three days off. But the riders they want to train, and yeah, it's always difficult to find overseas uh, some training stuff and like bikes and all everything. And I don't want to really let them out on stock bikes, to be honest. You know, I mean, they they are on such a high level. It's it, it's it's a bit risky. Yeah, you can prepare, it of course, but it's yeah, I'm not a fan of it. So, yeah, we will see. We will see. Uh, it's, okay, it's an early calendar. It, it always changed. It's, it's only July now, so we will see if this is the final one.